Quiz in transit. Quiz in transit. Quiz in transit. Get in my van. Hello, everyone. I'm Chuck. And I'm Jessie. Welcome to Queers in Transit, your new community-driven, all-inclusive queer podcast. We are on a mission to bring awareness nationwide to what all of our queer communities are up to and to form connections between them. It's, it's our, our time, time to, to take, take up space. space. I hate it when I just really need a piss and I have the most difficult choice to make. Because no matter which stall I happen to choose, people look at me like I've made a I don't want to be rude And you're probably going to think That this is rather crude But I really, 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 really need a poo And I don't see what it's got to do with you I hate the white people are so great to charge you Anyone sip a little But they're the same Rachel goes the ground Comes chasing towards me Is it just me? Oh, is the sky falling down on us tonight, darling? We can run, we can hide, we can chase the last time as we lay here entwined and the sky falls in the Welcome to the van. Thanks. Uh, we're parked on a really loud road, so you're probably going to hear lots of traffic in the background, but we're called Queers in Transit, so deal with it. <laughs> um, so we're here with Elle Knight, who is kindly just helping me for no money whatsoever with a top surgery fundraiser in Bristol, which is super cool because I didn't think I'd ever get to do a fundraiser in a different town. So uh, I guess I'm here to ask you why. <laughs> well... Things like this are very important to me and it's it's just if someone if you're able to put these things on and you have the capacity to do that then I don't really see a reason not to. Like getting a load of people out to come and gather in a small crowded bookshop and like hopefully raise a load of money for a really good cause like there's nothing i'd rather be doing with my wednesday evening than that well that's so. awesome <laughs> well, why so um, why do you think it's a really good cause well as a trans person myself like i understand how shitty the system is of trying to get this stuff done through like the nhs and like it impacts people's mental health a lot so if like you can just raise the money and get it done quicker and just just get it done basically like, yeah just get it done everyone's <laughs> got to work together to get things done yeah yeah cool um do you feel like there's a there was a, a is there a queer community in bristol and how easy was it to gather people to come to an event like this there is such a strong queer community in bristol it's one of the reasons why i love bristol so much and when i moved here i didn't think i'd stay for that long but then like i, I met, saw all these groups and like i just it's so easy to just be yourself and you don't have to put up with the bullshit that you would do in other cities <laughs> and like there's so many good groups like there's eat up who put on like queer gigs as well as uh, us hell have no fury um and there's stuff like brizzle boys which is like a drag king night which is still quite a new thing um but it's really cool because they're getting people to do like open mic slots so people can try out this stuff even if they're not that confident doing it i saw something for that online is there's a drag king performing tonight is he involved with Brizzle boys yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so ollie and uh, artemis uh, their partner they um both do Brizzle boys uh 
and like it's it always sells out like yeah it's it's in a really cool like mag- magician's pub see that's really interesting because <laughs> i've been a touring musician for years yeah and i've really struggled to find a queer community in any town even in brighton it took me a long time yeah so the whole reason we're doing this podcast is to find the underground queer communities so queers can travel around yeah and actually feel like have a nice time and there's kind so of much forge some kind of communication yeah. between us all so we know of these events and we know where to go and where we yeah. want to go if we find ourselves in a city that we're unfamiliar with yeah and i feel like facebook's really good for that as well like there's so many good queer groups on facebook that's true yeah How, what who what promoters would you recommend to people if they wanted to find queer nights in bristol um definitely eat up they put on the most amazing nights um kind of similar to the night that's going on they kind of get musicians and like uh like performers doing poetry or like drag stuff so it's like it's a good variety of stuff because sometimes it's called eat up that's just the best (laughs) name yeah and uh if i'm right that that came from cafe kino which is a cooperative oh i went there yeah yeah Yeah. so a load of them got together and just started this yeah that's the place with all the food Ooh, like vegan people food. will sit on the same table as you, even if they don't know you. <laughs> breakfast, yeah, yes, <laughs> breakfast. That's community. <laughs> okay. Oh, one last question. Um, yeah. We so we've noticed that in Brighton we do we do those of activist stuff for the LGBTQIA plus scene. But when I ask other people, no one knows about what we've been doing, and uh, likewise, I don't know what anyone else has been doing. So, does news ever reach you? Do you think? I think, like, some of the bigger stuff that goes on in Brighton, like Trans Pride and stuff like that, that that kind of reaches the groups. Um, And I think that's just because, like, the groups here are so strong that, like, there's just so much discussion about what's going on. But in terms of the smaller stuff, I'm I'm not sure, like, what... like what there is that goes on in Brighton. So it'd be great to find out more about that. Well, have you heard of L with the T? No. So that's a great example because Brighton's been going crazy. Right, we've everyone in the queer community has been working so hard on this L with the T campaign, which is basically a retaliation to what happened in London yeah. Pride. And we actually like were right at the front of Brighton Pride. It was like we had like 50, 60 of us at the front of the parade, and it was like this huge thing. But no one knows about it, and transgender yeah. people need to know that that was happening. That yeah. Brighton, like a huge capitalist Pride, was like yeah. uh, no. And we we had a trans day in the in the park for the first time in 40 years which is shocking yeah. in itself because it's pride but we won't go into that <laughs> but uh, yeah so yeah things aren't reaching and we got to change that yeah basically definitely. that's our plan that's our aim <laughs> yeah <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you so much for getting in our van. It's really it's hot very cozy. I do quite like it, actually. Yeah. Should we just all have a nap? Like, uh... Oh, we haven't even told everyone that we're currently sitting outside Hydra Bookstore because um, the gig starts soon. But I'm really sleepy. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Everyone's sleepy today. Are you sleepy? I'm very sleepy. Yeah. It's the moon. The moon's doing stuff. All right. Cool. Let's get out of the van. Let's go have an awesome right. time. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, Elle. So I normally play like really political songs, but I'm like my I'm, I'm very in tune with my emotional state at the moment, and I'm performing to a bunch of strangers raising money to get my tits chopped off. So <laughs> yeah, well I'm just making it a bit more personal. But she want to come up and do justice so that everyone can hate the country for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you're me. Yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> democracy because before we got to here we lived in a world of king and queens hungry wealthy people who sent thousands to their death they were born into power and exploited it to their last breath as the world grew around us we realized this wasn't enough so we had a chat with the monarchy and we said it was now up to us we put some men in suits and we handed out polling cards and it finally felt like it was going to be about us but all of the women and 40% of the men they still stood in silence we told that their opinion it wasn't worth as much as others it wasn't worth the place here and we just had to trust that our neighbours would choose wisely what we gonna tell our kids what we gonna tell our kids what we gonna tell our kids they asked us what we did about this what we gonna tell our kids what we gonna tell our kids what we gonna tell our kids they asked us what we did about this we thought we protested we tore apart the streets we stormed into churchill's office and demanded he heard us speak but the men in their suits they thought it was all a wicked game at first they were hostile 
style, but eventually decided to play. They gave us the vote, but there was this one wicked catch. Only women homeowners over 30 can actually be trusted, because if you're older and rich and you already have kids, you're less likely to be consumed by radical ideas. And that's because this is never going to be about us at all. We're still living with king and queens and a land that's full of fools. And just as we were starting to run short of hope, in the year of 28, they gave us the right to vote. Democracy means it's not about you, it's about what your region wants. And even if more votes are scattered across the country for someone else, if your town favours otherwise, the majority means nothing, because it will always be about the elite. It will always be about the supreme. But we're going to tell our kids, what we're going to tell our kids, what we're going to tell our kids. Now we're both on now. No, are we? <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right, we are here with Bridget Hart. Hello. Um, hello. We're in we're in the van, obviously. I don't feel like I don't have to tell everyone we're in the van all the time, do I? No, no like, we're careers in transit, we're obviously gonna be in the van. Unless yeah. you're like yeah. five foot eight and above, and then we might I am five foot eight and above. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. You <laughs> Can you put this back up please? It's driving me yeah. crazy. Thanks. Oh that's domestics was... in the van, everyone. <laughs> right. Uh, this isn't about the van, it's about Bridget, who I know from like the punk scene, really, not not the queer scene, but um, there isn't a queer scene, that's why we're doing this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> but Bridget is a badass feminist poet, like a badass poet, it's just like poems that send chills down your spine and uh, oh. oh, we should play one on the podcast, let's play one after this bit. The one that made me cry on the beach. When you cried what? on the beach. <laughs> did did I, I had your book and I was reading the poem and I was like, oh, oh, I can't remember which one. Oh, that's okay, that's okay. Do them all now and we'll see which one makes them <laughs> which cry. Which one makes me cry? <laughs> well, it's funny because that book came out like a year and a half, a couple of months ago. Yeah, a year and a couple of months, and um, it came out at a really weird time in my life. Like I didn't really feel anything when it came out. And um, I have like quite a weird relationship with the book now because it's kind of like a, a marked of a place that reminds me of like bad things. So today I'm going to do a set that doesn't have any of those poems. Wow! I'm doing all new poems. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. I really look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's really important to me at the moment, feminists, because I'm sure you know about all the transphobia that's going yeah. along with some, and it's just giving feminists a really bad name. <coughs> it's so, not feminism. No. No. And that's why it's really important to me that we have these awesome cis allies such as yourself. And I'm just wondering why? 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 I guess I grew up in a very um, non-conventional family and working class. I grew up on a council estate. Um, when I was born, my mum was homeless and um, lived in kind of squats and things. Um, and we and, and then I grew, moved back to Southampton from London when I was like two. We lived with my aunties, uh, different members of my family, and then we lived in like council flats until I was like 17, 18. Um, so I was kind of exposed to this non-conventional way of living anyway. And yeah. Like it, it taught me to accept all people and all walks of life, and like because I didn't have the regular life, it drew me to the irregular. Yeah. I'm <laughs> uh, sort of, um, and like people that were on the outside and were fringes, and like I was always a bit different at school because I wasn't like everybody else. I had like very bad mental health problems from a very young age, um, and was isolated a lot, and wore glasses, and That's had horrible why you're hair. An amazing poet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and just sort of like didn't really fit in anywhere. So I've always been drawn to uh, like queer communities and people like that because there's such an ease about it. There's such an acceptance there. Um, 
and it makes me want to fight for those people because they're people. Yeah. It's not like they're not any different. They just live differently or like I, I, I don't understand what the problem is. It's so yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it yeah. takes life shitting on you for you to not want to shit on other people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Completely. Yeah. So you've you you are part of the queer community. You, yeah. you feel welcome going everywhere and Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do a lot of um like queer gigs. Like most of my friends are queer. Yeah. Like it's never I've never had like an issue with like that's never bothered me before. I've had partners that are non binary. Um I don't pretend that I know what the experience is because I'm a cis person. Yeah. But my relationships with people that I have that are trans and are non-binary are no different to the relationships that I have with cis people in terms of the fact that I get on with them the same. We like the same things. It's like, it's not about gender. Yeah. And oh, that's people, beautiful. The, you know, the focus needs to come off of that. Like the heat needs to come off of that and people need to just kind of be a bit more open-minded and more accepting of other people's differences and things exactly 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 <laughs> right we'll probably have to cut this short because uh, the night's actually about to start yeah so thank you so much for performing at my top, top surgery fundraiser it's amazing okay. i'm so I'm, lucky i'm to really privileged that you asked me to do it and i'm really glad that i can help out in, oh. in this way so thank you well i hope um, you yeah thank you for being such an awesome like cis feminist ally awesomeness it's beautiful you are just an entire ball of awesomeness oh, i enjoy yeah. you a lot thanks guys i enjoy <laughs> you too oh. and your van and your dog and everything it's great cheers yeah. we're all awesome yeah cool well I, we're gonna play one of bridget's pieces after this so enjoy uh so chuck mentioned earlier that um they do they've started a podcast called queers in transit which I think is great. I have a right. podcast um, called Chips and Beans that I do with my friend Cassie. Um, it's about uh, punk and sex. <laughs> and, like, we chat about all different types of crap while eating food. great. Um, <laughs> uh, so this is a poem I wrote about um, being in a, in a van. So I very temporarily had a van life. Um, and... And then I didn't have a van life because the boy left with the van and I was so <laughs> devastated about the van, it was unreal. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> like, honestly, I was like, but, but what about the van? <laughs> he was like, you can't drive. I was like, I don't care! <laughs> I love the van! Um, so this is about uh, a trip that we took to the Peak District and on the way back we stopped off in the Malverns. Nice. Yeah, it wasn't actually. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry we couldn't agree on the spot to sleep in in the Malverns after hours of A roads, the best views of the worst hills for the minivan with a bed. Private landslides mocked our every turn you took on two wheels. We spent sundown reversing, every loose object throwing itself in the back like misbehaving children headed along paths that had not wanted us in the first place. When we did stop, it was close to the road, too open for me to have a piss, so I did it in the saucepan we used to cook our last meal. Went to bed in a, la in a bad mood, in silence, still slotting our bones and muscles together like memory, listening to foxes scream. Thank you. So we're here today to talk about, um, I had a top surgery fundraiser in Bristol, which is bizarre, because I'm from Brighton. At Hydra Books. Hydra Books. really cool, because we love that bookshop. Yeah, it's like this tiny community bookshop, and then they just, like, put all the sofas piled up against the walls and do gigs in the evening. Everyone volunteers. Completely run by volunteers. Yeah, it was amazing. It's actually a dream. All left-wing literature, anarchist literature. Zines. Yeah, zines and music. I think it's my favourite place in Bristol, actually. Yeah. So, what's really interesting about last week is, I don't know if you can tell from the chats that we had with Elle and with Bridget, which was before the night started, but mentally I was I was low. Like, if it wasn't for the fact that we were doing a fundraiser in Bristol that was for me, I don't even know if I would have been able to have made it there. It took you a lot to get in the car, didn't it? Yeah. It took a lot of mental preparation to... I don't know what happened. I just, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Overwhelmed, maybe? No, I think, 
I don't know. I'm not going to bang on and say, oh, I Let's think it's because of the waves. And the, <laughs> that, yeah, or because I was at this point in my cycle when I was due on next week, or it could be anything. It could be my dad not talking to me for seven months. So, yeah, you felt like shit. <laughs> yeah, I felt like shit. And um, I, oh, it was so difficult. We got there and my head was just a fog. And, and, then, and then the evening started... I'm like, whoa, how I, I can't believe how much your mental health can just do a whole 360 just by being around amazing people. It was their energy. They brought us all their energy and they accepted us straight away into their group. Yeah, I didn't know Elle Knight who helped me promote it. I didn't know any of the people behind the bar who just volunteered their own time. No one was getting paid. It was just everyone together, just together helping someone else. All showed up. <laughs> it was so beautiful. Do we, tell, do we tell everyone how much we raised now or should we wait until the end of the podcast? End of the podcast. Yeah. Let's keep listening if you want to find out how much we raised. We raised a lot. A lot. Well, now they're going to think we raised, we raised thousands and thousands of pounds. Okay, not that much, but a pretty cool amount for the, like, yeah, space it's, of it's time. Not, and... It's not uncommon logic that... Uncommon logic. Where are my words today? Whatever. Um, everyone knows... Well, some people don't know, and that's really sad, but... Unfortunately, queer people are quite low down on the economic ladder, mainly because of all of the mental health implications, all of the... Um, I can't find words today. Less opportunity. Less opportunity, but also just general bigotry from employers. If you could hire someone to represent your company who looks like people in the magazines, or if you could hire someone who doesn't look that way... You're going to go for them. Yeah, and there's a whole whole nother list of reasons we could go with there but that i feel like that's an entire podcast in itself entire right we've got got a lot of podcasts lined up so yeah and we'll come to that later yes but for now we're talking about success successful (laughs) queers yeah so performance wise we had musicians we had poets and we had a drag artist as well um up first we had jc quick who's a uh, non-binary, quite young. They seemed really young. Mm. Um, it was their first ever gig, their first proper gig. And they were, their skill, their, their melody was so good. Like the melodies in all the songs were so catchy. So catchy. I've had that um, boyfriend song in my head all week. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're How, my boyfriend, you're my boyfriend. Oh, yeah. You're my boyfriend, you're my boyfriend. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, I remember my first gig and or just the first songs that I ever wrote and the melodies were so bad, like absolutely dire. If, yeah. They're going to go far. Yeah, they are. JC, quick, look them up. Um, I unfortunately only remember to record right at the end of their set, so I've only got like two seconds. And thank you to Al, they put me on and give all the love in the room to Chuck. Oh, they were lovely. They were so cute as well. Lovely. Yeah, just really cute them. vibes. Like, yeah. You're cute. <laughs> You're cute. So then we had LK Poet. Didn't we? LK Poet, what a dude. Amazing. <laughs> she was such a dude. She was so cool. Like so clever. The imagery and the wordplay, oh my goodness. Yeah, super clever. Um such a character just uh, didn't so funny but then can send you to their the place that they've set their poem, then suddenly you'll just be there. You're there in that place. That is so clever and I I, I loved. That yeah, that's so true. That um, poem she did about hooking up with someone on, on plenty of fish. Plenty of fish, yeah. Yeah, and the way the way she described it. I'm not going to sh- put that in the podcast because this will encourage you to go check her out. But uh, we will show you these two pieces that she did. So she did a piece about Brighton and a piece about Iran. So I thought, as this is a community podcast, we should put those back to back. Yes, it's other. And um, the piece- I felt like I was there. Yeah. I felt like I was in Brighton and then suddenly I was in Iran. It was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> it was a great experience. 
Um, what I found, so it's not a positive poem about Brighton, but it's... It's um, true. It's yeah, it's true. Like a lot of people get stuck. They get stuck in this like high intensity, overwhelming like system that's just always telling you that you could be missing out unless you're doing it all. And I think yeah. she must have been stuck in that too when she was here. Yeah, and I think we're fed a very romanticized view of Brighton, so it was really nice to see more of a, a truth, let's yeah. say. Exactly. And here we all are chanting, free the nipple, free the nipple, free them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm just going to do like two more if that's okay. Like one is about Brighton, one's about Iran. What do you want first? Which one's about the nipples? Oh, mate, that there's no more mom. titties, man. That's it. <laughs> that's your mum? No, no. <laughs> 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 what are you saying about my mum? No, you did, you did warn about nipples. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I thought there was two about nipples. I oh, thought they were talking about nipples in between nipple poems. Oh, man, that was it, bro. That was it. <laughs> okay, so... Brighton. You want Brighton and then Brighton. you want Iran. Okay, okay, okay. So basically... And then the world. <laughs> <laughs> So I was I was I was a student there a few years ago, and um, I did that thing. I took loads of drugs. I pretended I was straight, and I had a nervous breakdown. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Anyway, so this is a poem about yeah that experience. It's called Brighton. Brighton, you bumbling bag of bohemia. You are sick from the wind, filled with gulls to die for and guys to take them. You are Bram Stokers approaching ascent, tracing train lines to wealth, burning money with cockney tones. You pot of pot-smoking, cross-dressing bus drivers, flamboyant feather-wearing diva-diving elopers. You are brimming with an exorcism of wealthy slumming and a gabble of hard luck, windswept, pill-popping. Brighton, you are sugar rush, you are experimentation, you are a butterfly at the coast, silenced, it's breathtaking. You are far from home, you are not provincial, you are manic, ecstatic and full-bodied in your extension. You are the druid that levels fire-breathing nights. Skating children from dogma who kill with hockey sticks. You are legends at 4am, false laughs and strangled homophobia. You are police tape on Upper Lewis. You are sordid and opaque. Brighton, you are a shit-smelling hairdresser smothered in cologne. (laughs) You are an unwanted massage on the temples for near expiration. You are being thrown out of a house for Tory leaning. You are a dyke. You are the real humdrum hatred your pretension can't hide. You are powder. You are nearly walking home with men. Brighton, you are... one more. You wanted to hear more about Iran. I don't know what to say, man. What do you want to know? Or is the moment passed? I want to know everything, but there's people here. Should we talk afterwards? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll just read one more. Thank you for listening. My name is Layla, although don't tell my family. No, 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 I got that bit confused. So <laughs> are you her, are you her mum? So confused. <laughs> She's my mum. Mum. Your publisher. Publisher mum. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have a book coming out. Yeah. From my mum. <laughs> they always know what's best for you. <laughs> I'm normally better at this. Uh, yeah, so yeah, buy my book in the future. It's coming out. And this is the this is the name of the book. So this is my one poem I'm going to read about Iran, and it's called um, Midnight Picnics in Tehran. And then I'm going to go and get drunk. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
there are no there are no seat belts here. Just imported techno that fills us with smiles and the night is warm. The smell hums and radiates through your nostrils, petrol and dill. You are young and you see your mum, she has sweat on the back of her neck and her hair is red. At this time of night, everyone is awake. The entourage of cars meet in a disorderly way, but you find each other in the parks that are lit by lamplight and ice cream and pistachio. Everyone is young, even the elders. Your grandma is soft and always wearing tights, leading the discussion or silently watching and laughing with you wrapped between her legs. Midnight picnics, salad, chicken and egg patties, saffron and rice, orange fizz and zamzam cola. Your cousin is wearing cologne and there is so much in a smile. The white pearl teeth and his brown eyes meet with table tennis with stray cats. In the night there is a water fight and a football match and a real fight and tears and black tea with sugar cubes on tongues. Midnight picnics in Tehran, in the warm cloak, in the respite of night, in the unkept majestic living. I, sweep, I see the sweat on the back of my mum's neck shining through her hair from living. So then we had all of our assets, which was our drag performance of the night. We can't even and, show you. Oh my you. god! We can't I wish we could it. show you through a podcast. Yeah. This, um, sketch because it was hilarious. We could describe it in great detail. So we're at no. <laughs> I don't think there's a possible way to describe a drag performance. You have to get off your butts and go and watch drag to get the full effect of a drag night. It was basically a. A person's dreams of having a tea party that's turned into just not a tea party. It was hilarious. That eye contact. <laughs> like, I can still see those eyes when I close my eyes. Yeah. And the little <laughs> finger at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> little finger on tea. Yeah. Um, Oliver Assets actually knew some drug... Some drug? Not we drug. Didn't. No drugs. <laughs> some drag drag artists from Brighton. And I didn't realise how, how strong the drag community is. So we need to explore that further. Yes, the Bristol Brighton connection. And then we have Perky. 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 Oh, her voice can make hearts just break and mend and break and mend all over, all over and over and over and over. I feel like she turns me into a woodland creature. And yes. we're all woodland creatures in a forest. And we're all having a very wholesome time. And that's that's where I feel like I am when I'm listening to Perky. I love her so much. Her music is phenomenal. Haunting. Yeah, like, it's Haunting so to your bones, you know, like uh, yeah, <laughs> it just makes you just.
Um, she's got the sh the way she s she sings. It's never just about her. There's always someone else there in the song in the story. So humble. Yeah, it's well. it's beautiful, and it's beautiful always person. about how their minds work, not the world around. Them. Oh, yeah. Let's play. I don't know how we're going to choose which song to play. All of them. This will be a very long podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Go Perky. She has got an album that you can listen to. It's a beautiful album. Yeah, it's on Spotify and... Or you can just buy it from her directly because Spotify gives performers an extortionately small amount of money. I think it's like a third of a penny. So cut a penny three times and the performer gets one bit of that okay, each time. Okay, go to her bank account <laughs> and buy her album because you, you will not regret it. Yeah. Okay, should we play some Perky? Let's play some Perky. Jesse, me. Yeah, you've only. How many times have you performed that piece now? Never. You've never even performed that, was, that piece. I've never performed any poetry. I thought you had done that piece before. No, I've never performed anything live. Wow. Due to crippling anxiety. I'm a rubbish partner. <laughs> I could. I could have sworn you have. No. Can we maybe start this bit again? No, it's funny. <laughs> okay. They can see how. Yeah. Um, well, you've been you've only just started singing with me on stage, and it has been really scary for you, hasn't it? Oh well, yeah, I mean, since a child, I've been I was such an introvert, so just terrified of public speaking. Like even if I had to read read a line out from a book that was going round in class, I would just freeze and just feel really sick, and I would just be ill for the rest of the day because of this one sentence I had to read in front of other people. So. It's I'm sure there's big, so many people big, who... Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a big deal from... that I am standing on stage now doing this kind of thing. Like, I can't actually... I'm like... Sometimes I'm like, this isn't you. What are you doing? Like, what? What? But it's amazing. I can't believe how much I've grown in confidence. And it was really awesome to be able to stand up at your um, top surgery fundraiser and actually, you know, put my insecurities to the side and just go for it, you know? And it was so beautiful. It was the most amazing piece. I accidentally only recorded, like, I cut off, like, the first bit of the piece. That's fine, though, because it's a seven-minute long poem, and I don't <laughs> think you'd want to play that in this podcast. I want to play it. I want to play it over and over and over. Just... I want the whole world to know how talented you are. Maybe a few stanzas will do. Okay. A few stanzas. That's what we call them in um, Jesse world. Stanzas. In poetry world. <laughs> no, that's, no. It's, no. I don't even follow form anyway, so I don't know why I said that. I don't even follow form. I don't even follow form. <laughs> okay, right. just shut me up. No. Anyway, no, um, 
yeah, I'm going to start performing lots more, hopefully. And I'm write a book. And I'm going to write a book. Yeah. Yep. My future is set in stone. But no, I'm going to um, start posting loads more to my uh, social medias. So, yeah, please check me out if you want to. I training for a marathon. I see it angers you, the actions my thoughts secrete, a nonsensical process, bargaining with function, choosing pretend, choosing paralysis. But I'm so thankful for your strength to not be weighted down with bricks attached to webs created by the spider that lived between two ribs in my sternum, spinning negative thought patterns in its trauma narrative. So rehearsed, it feels like so well rehearsed, it feels like safety. It feels like gut. I'm thankful for your ability to rebirth us again and again, your, deta- your distaste for circles, for reminding me of angles, to see my soluble parts hidden in the water at the bottom of the lake. Remember the lake we bathed in on our first July, our skin sticky with anticipation and escape, bare chests raised to the sun they had never met. You called out insolubles from the start. You never gave them an audience, left me a pile of clothes on the floor rather than scoop me into your arms like they shrieked for. Rest day became rest week and then month. I made my pain your pain. I took you from yourself. I take knives to my lips and wondered why your mouth got further from me when I only truly meant to say. You are a break from the pain. You are the space in between. You are silence. We found a new city together. Made it ours as soon as we stepped out of the van, stomping our boots to the floor with certainty, our bellies aching from smiling, our brains light, filled with flowers, the smoke rising from our hidden bed as if carrying our heaviness into the night where it would accept responsibility for us. We made it a home to escape to when the abusive city our bones were tied to grew old. Four letters I'd never used, you allowed me to stop punishing my body for gender and social conditioning, to see the beauty without construction, to have told that 12-year-old trying to cut out cut the expected femininity out through the sharp edges of the paper with endless scrolls of self-criticisms, to have told them I would be here with you as us right now, burning that same paper, to have told them. You towered above me on stages filled with pallets, your chest a fire pit, embers flicking off your skin as if particles of yourself you wanted gone, igniting with your screams. A background murmuration took us to self-built societies where we climbed on top of artifacts from the old world, the one outside the gates. Disused, disused ships and flattened cars became experiments in community. It woke me from the deepest slumber, air circling me in a tornado of do, 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 do. All new. Total connection between bodies and minds. My legs pulled tight to my chest, aligned to the small of your back. Forgive me for my, forgive me for my fight and not wanting to lose that. Forgive me for thinking the world is ending every time you look to the floor emotionless, as if let down by a far-off relative you're used to being disappointed by. Forgive me for losing myself and inviting these parts to our party. I see my wrong in your eyes. I see flames and bodies and screams reflecting in your eyes, of which I turn my back to. Because it is our world dissolving. from the beginning again Bridget is great um Bridget's the person that we spoke to earlier she she's the she yeah well she's Bridget we spoke to two people earlier Elle and Bridget and Bridget's the one called Bridget she is a amazing DIY artist she's a phenomenal it's so raw and just right down to the, the roots of like class British class system Mental health. Mental health, yeah, all in one. She's so good. It's it's just so blunt and to the point and perfect. Yeah. It just gets you right in the gut. She's so honest and that's what makes it amazing. She doesn't hold anything back. No. And in regards to playing a role as a feminist, she's representing feminism so well. That is, Bridget is my definition of feminism, I think. Yeah, like it's being raw and honest and true and vulnerable and she she speaks just about, she twists this this version this uh, oh my god word bog hysteria okay so when you talk, talk too much or you say too much or you feel too much as a performer then you're just deemed as hysterical that's why blokes come up to me whenever I've played and told me I'm angry <laughs> and like she she twisted that and was like yeah so people call me a slut and this is what I think of that and just owns it and it's like completely owns so many owns feminists language. are so scared to talk about sex and 
and everything like that. And mm. she ain't scared of shit. Nope. <laughs> well, she's scared of a lot of sh- things, but she's honest about them. So it doesn't, That's the fear doesn't consume her. her. Oh, so powerful. She's great. I don't. Have, I have no idea how to choose which piece to play. All of them. All of them. I think I'm like, I have to. <laughs> we'll yeah. take a snippet of her set. And if you want to go see her live, you should. And you should follow You should follow all of these people, obviously. And buy her book. Better watch her. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, this one is called Before After. It's a kind of snippet of, um, again, breakups and, and things. I'm really sorry if I'm bringing the mood down. I'm really funny naturally. So we have a conversation and now I'll bring your mood up there. Also, Chuck's going to be after me and everyone will get, like, righteous and political and throw <laughs> money in the... Bloody bucket, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's get rid of the boobs, let's do it. <laughs> in the bedroom, we had our worst moment. I swallowed filth you left on my pillowcase. The ceiling's bogus moonshine made me squint and pray for yesterday. Sleeping is easier, but still unbearable enough to make me smoke myself stupid. I wonder whose legs yours are a mess with, and I never remember my dreams. My body wakes at 7.32 a.m., unwilling and aching all over with a thrash of muscles so tight I might have slept in cold water. Thanks. Um, uh, so those were all like really new things that I'm still working on or like, you know, whatever. Just sort of sitting around my house with my quill, you know. Because <laughs> 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 that's what we do. That's what we do. Um, this is my book. Um, it's called Better Watch Your Mouth. Um, it's named after Thelma and Louise, um, Susan Sarandon, in the film, before she shoots the rapist in the fucking heart. She's like, better watch your mouth, buddy. And I was like, that's it. Because I'm a loud woman and I've always been told that I'm too loud or I'm too aggressive or I don't have enough manners or I'm not polite enough or what fucking ever, I literally don't care. Um, So I was like, this book is all the things that I want to say and none of you can shut me up because it's public. Um, I've only got two because I actually only have four left to sell. I'm going to Shambhala next week, so I need the other, like, two to sell there, <laughs> hopefully. Um, but I just want to read the last poem in here. Um, this poem is about having borderline personality disorder and being kind of what I was saying earlier about self-sabotaging and, and not getting off my arse and doing anything because I'm cripplingly scared of failure and rejection, and it... It hinders me so much in my writing, and I get I'm very good at like portraying this person that's like very out out there and successful and doing all these things, but actually I'm just a fucking mess in bed a lot of the time, and it's really difficult to like get up and like do gigs. But gigs like this, like that's that's what makes it perfect for me. I don't want to perform at the Albert Hall or like do Barbican Young Poets or anything official. <laughs> <laughs> I did not mean to do that. <laughs> I will always do poetry in the DIY scene because that's where my heart is and I love you, so thanks. We love you. Yeah. 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 We love you. We love you, Bridget. I love you too. Love you. <laughs> thanks, friends. The curb is a precipice. I try not to impress my... Lifeline onto other people's palms, but I cannot help but to need a hand to cross the road. I am searching the roof of my mouth, but the inexpressible phrase is always an ulcer I have overlooked because of the pain. This is the sublime Wordsworth talked about. This unequal measure of human language bolstered upon feelings that are so unreachable. The sublime is staring into someone's full beams at 3 a.m. when you are drunk out of your mind and anything could be your savior. The ones I worship most write their feelings so unabashed and fearless like the warriors we have put on pedestals. And I've always fancied myself a warrior. But if to be brave is to step ahead and take the light, then I know this, 
but failure puffs himself up like a menace, sits on my page, takes my pen, replaces it with a bag of cannabis. Replaces <laughs> <laughs> it with a bag of cannabis. Go back to bed. Let TV tell your stories. Sometimes I can let go of the weight, forget to tread water, and until I am distracted by something better, I am this wholesome poet. But really, I have no discipline, only derelict processes, and I keep the control of being neat, but I am a crumpled junkie with a to-do list. And love, it is anger, resentment and jealousy which feeds this insatiable bitch in my belly. If only I had baleen plates between my lips, I could take in 90 times more sense and the damage might be less, I think. I will refine my wayward mouth and sit through my pride to accept help, but I am terrified of being impressed with someone else's lifeline as they help me to cross the road. Thank you. in during the editing process but let's just take a few seconds to process what we just witnessed there breathe in breathe out breathe in and breathe out okay let's continue <laughs> and then we had chuck that's me that's you it's me you all right i guess yeah cool end of podcast <laughs> Now you smashed it. And you played some songs that you hadn't played live for a while because you wanted uh, more intimate ones. Yeah, I wanted to make it less political and more about me, seen as we were at a fundraiser from, from me. And the whole night felt, it felt very vulnerable and very, I guess, personal, so. Yeah, it was all about exposure. I guess you just went with the, went yeah. with the vibe and was like, personal, let's go personal. And I was beautiful. so unprepared. I'd been completely consumed in this podcast and or, and getting there and organising it all that once we got on stage, I was like, hmm. That's kind of your thing, though. <laughs> I don't know what to play. Being well, unprepared is kind of your thing. You own it. I own it. I wouldn't say I'm owning it. I'd just say... I think if you planned, you'd be a whole different person in it. <laughs> yeah. Part of your charm. They could call me Chucky Poppins, the, the mass organiser. Chucky Poppins. Silence. <laughs> no, I'm just, I don't know what to say here. We're talking about me. So should we just... Uh, let's just get, stop talking about me. We could talk about the actual fundraiser. No, you played some uh, more recent, very personal songs about, I guess, your transition. Yeah, I did. And I spoke about what's happened with my family. And, um, yeah, just about that. I don't know. Um but so the fundraiser, the, the funding, what we're doing is raising money for my top surgery because I've been on the NHS waiting list for so long. And first, I, I finally got an appointment for March 2018. And then they rescheduled it to August 2018. And then they rescheduled it to November 2018. And that was just a bit too much rescheduling, wasn't it? For yeah, like, and that's just the health. initial appointment. I have no idea how much time I'd be looking at after that appointment. So we decided to go private. And control it yourself. Yeah. So we've got a GoFundMe page up. We've been selling uh, T-shirts with, like, these cool ducks on them that say queer as folk punk. Um, we're, what else have we done? We've taken my no titty kitty to various places. Yeah, various. We were at Queer Prom a few weeks ago, and they offered um, us to use that space as a way to raise money, which was amazing because there was a lot of people in that space, and that was an amazing night. <laughs> very successful oh it's great yeah <laughs> um what else have we been doing we've just got loads of fundraisers planned we've mainly been organizing all of the fundraisers yeah we've only had one so far so so should we tell everyone how much we made oh yeah that's what we meant to do at the end of the podcast yeah so we made 185 pounds 
which is really good because, yeah, we were in a tiny community anarchist space where none of these people have money. No, and they were strangers. Yeah, no one knew me. No one had any... Like, why? Why would people give away their money? Oh, love you, Bristol. Love you, Bristol. (laughs) Yeah, it was beautiful. Thank you so much for all of your help. And it was great meeting everyone there and... I can't wait to go back and see everyone again. Yeah. I do think, you know. Let's go back now. It's only up the road. Okay. So, yeah, your performance was amazing and I really got the personal edge to it. It was just absolutely beautiful. Thank you. And you sang that song about me, which was really nice. That wasn't about you. (laughs) Silence. It's definitely about you. It's about you. Um, but yeah, no, if thank you so much, Bristol, and your top surgery, um, the link to the GoFundMe for Chuck's top surgery fund raising, it will be available in the description of this episode. So if you can spare anything at all, that would be absolutely awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. bye. Archer, do you want a cookie? (laughs) (laughs) No. No, this is not happening. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. They, they seem to be thinking I'm giving myself this label on purpose and I'm deliberately putting myself inside a box and it kind of really sucks that that's happening and this division's happening and I'm just going to do what I always do and talk openly about it until we get closer or further. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is about that. Like, it's not a box. I feel more free than I've ever felt in my fucking life. Is a label that I want to need When they're the ones who dress me in pink From the moment I could breathe Name me after women that didn't make the history books And they're the ones that split us into genitalia teams Fed us love stories just so we knew What binary should be I know I'm not the only one who can't take The restrictions and the constant self-doubt What I feel must be a cry for help But when I'm free from these swans I know that I can fly And when I'm flying I know I deserve the height When I see other ducks that look just like me All I see is what it looks like to be free And they say Why do you put yourself in a box like this kid? As if my own identity is a label that I want to need When they're the ones who dress me in pink from the moment I could breathe Name me after women that didn't make the history books And they're the ones that split us into genitalia teams Fed us love stories just so we knew what binary should be Gave me 
windows in my happy meal. They told me to play with makeup and stay away from football. They said too much sex was shameful, but for boys it was pretty cool. They said girls can't play guitar, but I fucking threw them all my pops. It's my castle and I rule the throne. I it's my castle and I rule the throne.